everyone. This is Amanda Borshal Dan. Welcome to Times Will Tell, the weekly podcast of the Times of Israel. This week, just ahead of Passover, we're speaking about a new Israeli reform movement prayer book. It's called Tfilat Adam, after a famous poem written by Israeli parachuter Hannah Senesh. It combines Jewish traditions with new liturgy that deals with modern issues, including pluralism, democracy, and women's rights. It's a compilation of modern Israeli poetry and literature, alongside traditional blessings and new blessings altogether. I am speaking with its two editors, Rabbi Dr. Dalia Marks and Rabbi Dr. Alona Lesitsa. Both rabbis teach liturgy at Hebrew Union College in Jerusalem. Rabbi Marks is a 10th generation Jerusalemite, whereas Rabbi Lesitsa was born in Kiev. She is also the first female rabbi in Israel to join a religious council in Mevaseret Zion in 2012. We speak about the prayer book, of course, the status of liberal Judaism in Israel today, and finally, each rabbi will offer up a gem to spice up our Passover seders. Enjoy. Hi, Alona. Hi, Dalia. Where am I finding each of you and who are you for our listeners? Start with you, Alona. Shalom. So you found myself at my home at Mevaseret Zion. Um, as uh, you've introduced me, I'm uh, part of uh, a rabbinic team in the Hebrew Union College teaching uh, Liturgy, rabbinic texts, and uh, Talmud and Halakha Jewish law. Okay, thanks so much. Dalia, where are you and who are you? <laughs> I'm at my uh, balcony here in uh, the Jerusalem uh, neighborhood of uh, French Hill. And uh, that's where you find me with my dog next to me. Um, I am a professor of uh, Jewish liturgy at Hebrew Union College in uh, Jerusalem. And um, yeah, that's what I do. Okay, great. So we're here today to speak about the new prayer book that you both edited and compiled together called Tfilat Adam, which is not only a prayer book, it's not only prayer, it is also excerpts from literature, from poetry and prayer, of course, that all uh, have some kind of connection to modern Israel. So tell me a little bit more about this specific prayer book. What makes it unique? So I would say that... Uh each piece which is inside Siddur is a prayer, but a different prayer. We have traditional prayer, we have modern prayer. All the texts that are inside, if it's a, a Hebrew modern poetry or PUT, medieval PUT, or texts from Cairo, Gniza, or from elsewhere, they are all texts that are meant to be prayer and uh, their language, their attitude, their tone um, is a prayer. That was actually one of the things that we've been uh, uh, thinking of as a criterion uh, while working, that the text we are picking inside the Siddur, they are prayers themselves and not something about the prayer or have the word prayer, Shabbat, or something like that. Um, so in that sense, uh, the collection is uh, very um, kind of uh, multi uh, multifocal, multi-voiced, uh, but uh, it has one direction. It expressed the human prayer. And the title of the prayer book itself is interesting because it comes from a poem written by a woman, which is also wonderful to have. Dalia, tell us a little bit about the title of the prayer book. Right. I think the title tells us a lot about what we intended to do here. 
And uh, just as Rabbi Alona was saying, our intention was to include all kinds of prayers uh, from the Jewish history. So basically, we have the traditional prayer that was sanctified in the people of uh, among the people of Israel for centuries, uh, and also new prayers. And uh, you were, of course, right to detect uh, the fact that the words Tfilata Adam, the prayer of the human, is taken from Chana Seneshe poem, which I think is uh, one of the most profound prayers that I've known. Halicha uh, Kesaria, walking to Caesarea. Um, and these are the concluding words. And I think when we say Tfilata Adam, it takes us to two very different uh, directions. On one hand, it takes us to the beginning of all beginnings, yes, the first story of creation, the creation of the human being, Adam, um, not Adam, right, uh, Adam, the human being, uh, and um, uh, it, it's before even the creation of Israel, it's before even the separation between the gender, it's something that is, that what makes us human in a way is the ability or the desire or the need to pray that's one direction the second direction i think for israeli people who hear these words it takes us to uh, all kinds of uh, ceremonies we had uh, in our school years uh, at school in the jcc or the youth movements where we sang that song and for many israelis uh, this song by hannah senish represents the mere opportunity or uh, you know, even ability to prayer. A lot of people feel alienated from the traditional prayer book, but find uh, these words sacred. And I think that takes us there. Um, I don't know if this is something that we want to go into now, but uh, interestingly enough, we heard some uh, criticism from English speaker people who also know Hebrew. And they told us that it sounds gendered when you say Adam, because to them it sounds like it refers only to men. We never heard this criticism for is from Israelis because for us the word ha'adam means the human. Uh, and one of our students uh, said, white filata adam. Oh, I know white filata adam. Adam means Alona Vedalia Marx. It's an acronym. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we loved it very much. We decided to uh, adapt it, but in a, in a, on a more serious set uh, tone, uh, I think the b most important liturgist, Jewish liturgist that uh, is among us uh, um, in this world uh, is uh, Larry Hoffman of uh, New York, Rabbi Larry Hoffman. And he translated the title Tfilat Adam, the prayer that makes us human. And I very oh, much like that uh, that uh, interpretation. I, I really like that. That's really interesting. And one thing you said just now is that it's before the separation of the sexes. And in the prayer book, you're not separating between the different nusachim, uh, meaning the different uh, Ashkenazi or Sephardi traditions of prayer. Correct? You're you're uh, combining them in this prayer book in some way. Alona, tell us about that. So, um. We've been thinking about uh, Reformed tradition, which is already uh, more than 200 years uh, uh, of a tradition to pray, uh, as a tradition that was born in Europe and based uh, on uh, Ashkenazi Tfilah, Ashkenazi Nusach, or Ashkenazi Nusachim. And um, here in Israel, we live in a unique situation, uh, situation of kibbutz galoyot. Uh, more and more families uh, uh, who are part of our congregations, uh, part of reform movement, or in general, uh, in Israeli society, families to whom we um, 
direct our uh, prayer book as a gift. Um, they're mixed families. Uh, um, so we wanted to introduce as much uh, of different treasures that our Jewish tradition has into the Siddur from uh, Sephardi tradition, from uh, Dota Mizrach tradition, from Ashkenazi tradition, from uh, traditional prayer that didn't make it a traditional siddur, and uh, from Piyutim that were meant to said maybe only once, um, to create that um, book of uh, treasures, of treasures of Jewish liturgy, where people from uh, coming from different Jewish backgrounds can't find something for themselves. It's not the Sidur, which is Ashkenazi Sidur in full. It's not uh, definitely not Sephardi or Dota Mizracha Sidur. It's a reform Sidur that brings the uh, treasures of different traditions uh, for the people, uh, uh, for the Jews uh, that live in Israel, for Israeli society, which is a mixed society in terms of uh, um, Jewish heritage. So as you said, the mixed society reflects the modern reality of today. And there are other parts of the prayer book that also reflect that, such as the blessing for coming out of the closet. Dalia, can you talk a little bit about this blessing? Right. I think to continue what uh, Rabbi Alona was saying, uh, we are trying to represent or to present in the reform movement the Judaism of the large tent. We don't want to be the Jews who uh, uh, guard the the walls, right? We want to invite everyone to be part of, part of uh, what we're trying to do. This is not a nice encyclopedia, right? We don't have everything in it. We try to sound a a voice that is uh, harmonized, yeah, that, that that works nicely together. That's why we sometimes incorporated Sephardic, sometimes Ashkenazic, sometimes Italian, Yemenite, etc. Sometimes we did include uh, both texts. For example, in, in places where we felt that uh, the texts are very emotionally laden, like the Kaddish. Yeah. Uh, a Jew enters the synagogue to say Kaddish on, on, on one's uh, yard site. They need to find a text that is, uh, that they grew up with or that is familiar to them or the Kiddush for Friday night. Uh, with regard to the prayer for the coming out, uh, we felt that this is something that a lot of people are experiencing. And to us, uh, this is also a sacred moment. We wanted to uh, enable people to celebrate it as a sacred moment, as a sacred life passage that uh, some people uh, experience. Um, and uh, therefore, we, we did include the text for coming out. We included many texts for life passages, also having a child, adopting a child, and things that have to do also with uh, the pulse of life, if I may call it this way, of uh, our life in Israel. So uh, being recruited to the military, prayer for the soldiers, uh, finishing a military service, uh, etc. And also a lot of sensitivity to uh, year cycle events that are common to all Jews, but some of them are specifically uh, celebrated in Israel. So you have the national days the Memorial Days for the Fallen Soldiers and the Victims of Terrorism, the Independence Day, 
Jerusalem Day, which also commemorates the sacrifice of the Jews who came from Ethiopia. And we decided, we emphasized that aspect of Yom Yerushalayim, the day marking uh, the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. We have a prayer for the Mimuna, which is in a, a Moroccan ceremony. So we tried to, to, uh, to make it a very Israeli uh, text in that sense. Now, how many times did you have to come up with new liturgy? Is there already a blessing for, for example, coming out of the closet? Or did you have to create uh, words, create the actual text yourselves? So I think that the traditional blessing of Mishiberach, the one who blessed our ancestors, uh, was our pattern, and we filled uh, that pattern with modern uh, modern words. I also would like to add to, to what Rabbi uh, Dale Marx just said, is that the blessing itself is meant for the congregation. So the congregation would be able to open its hearts and to invite the people who... Um, uh, who are going now to exit in that closet. So that's not only for the person uh, himself or herself or themselves, but for the congregation, being able to be that holy place where people feel uh, welcome and embraced. So the uh, the language of the blessing itself starts and uses the traditional formula, but many times we were uh, in need to create something that is um, proper for that unique moment that was not marked or was not celebrated officially, openly in the past. I love that idea of the communal feel. And I, I, I didn't realize that actually. And so essentially when somebody is saying, I'm harping on this blessing for coming out of the closet because my oldest son is gay. And I just love this idea that there's this ritualized thing that he can have uh, instead of being locked out of a more traditional Judaism. But in, in terms of this particular blessing, so the entire community, the, the reform congregation is saying it together with this person who's going through the transition. That's really very right, moving. Because the individual can actually choose how to celebrate. And we are really hopeful, Dolly and myself, that uh, in years to come, we will, um, our movement will edit uh, another book uh, for the rights of personal rights of uh, circle of life. And there, there will be more suggestion for individuals to celebrate uh, the milestones in their lives. Uh, so one person would like to immerse, the other would like uh, to have something special with the candles, or have the last ceremony in the circle of the family. But this during these blessings uh, addresses the congregation and enables the congregation to to invite, to welcome, to bless, to hug, to make it a, a holy space. Right, and and I, I just I, I want to add to what uh, Alana was saying. Uh, uh, based on what you said, Amanda, a moment ago, uh, we didn't say it, but it's it's clear to everyone uh, who hears us that there's a lot of tension here. That we know that uh, many Jewish uh, congregations, many Jewish uh, kehilot. Uh, do not accept LGBTQ people. And uh, for us, it was important to make it not only implicit that we uh, officiate in uh, gay and uh, lesbian uh, wedding uh, ceremonies and we ordained uh, LGBTQ people. It was also important for us to uh, express it in, in, in words of prayer. 
it, it also appears elsewhere in the Sidur. Let me just give you one example. That's not necessarily LGBTQ, but uh, attention to different ways to address gender. We have uh, the poem Lechadodi that we sing on Friday night. That's the central liturgical hymn that uh, was composed by Rabbi Shlomo Alevi Elkabetz. And it addresses the Shabbat as a feminine entity, but it also addressed Jerusalem as a feminine entity and Zion and the embodiment of Israel and the Shekhinah. All of this is an, a feminine entity, but she's an object, right? Mm-hmm. She's spoken to. She's not speaking. And it was important for us to, 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 uh, to add another text that address Shabbat uh, as if it is a male uh, entity. And we added a poem by Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, um, a very uh, prominent Sephardic uh, Paitan poet, uh, that addresses Shabbat as if it was a lover, but a, f- a male lover. Yeah. Well, wow, fascinating. Yeah. I just want to say that some of our friends in, in, the, in, in North America blamed us uh, that we do take uh, care of the LGB uh, experience, but not so much with a T, where not, you know, the non-binary language is difficult in Hebrew. We had some experiments here and there, but it's not, exa- it's not where we are right now. That's a whole nother topic to discuss right. another day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the language, the gendered language of Hebrew. Hi, it's Sarah Tuttle Singer from the Times of Israel. Come join our community and support fast and fair independent journalism. You can sign up with the link at the bottom of every single article on the site. Okay, so let's uh, talk a little bit more about the tensions in terms of reform progressive Judaism in Israel versus the mainstream. Now, uh, recently there was a high court ruling which said that finally, finally, after 15 years, the conversions that are done through uh, reform and conservative Judaism in Israel are now accepted for purposes of citizenship at uh, the interior ministry. What are other issues in which there can be some conflict or uh, dissonance between uh, mainstream, more uh, mainstream orthodoxy and the progressive Judaism of Israel? I would say the tension is uh, not so much between uh, the streams of uh, streams of Judaism as in, in themselves, but more of a ten- of political tensions. I think that if we want to discuss uh, halachic, traditional, textual discussion, we are able to discuss it with our Orthodox and ultra Orthodox counterparts and uh, have a very uh, interesting and inspiring discussions. Maybe not agreeing, but uh, we have our understanding of the text, of, uh, tradition of ruling of Allaha, and they have theirs. And that's a, a very important, valuable, and inspiring discussion for me, at least. What we are witnessing in the modern Israeli society is the fight for power, money, and control, which is politics. And uh, that tension is very, uh, very, very different. So the question of reform conversions uh, was decided about 30, 30 years ago. People who convert in um, in diaspora, reform, conservative, or 
other conversions can make Aliyah and uh, uh, their conversions are recognized by the state of Israel. People who are converted here in Israel by uh, the Reform Movement and Conservative Movement are recognized by the Ministry of Internal Affairs. They have that, uh, uh, you know, the change in the register of the ministry as Jews. But then we have that paradox of people who are recognized by the ministry, by the state as Jews, but not are liable by the law of the return. And can it be recognized uh, as uh, citizens uh, immediately? So they made, uh, the Supreme Court actually corrected uh, that uh, paradox, uh, which is not, which was kind of a very illogical. Um, and the uh, contradiction and uh, uh, that fight uh, over this decision of the court, it's not a halakhic or traditional Jewish issue. It's an issue of uh, who gets the money, who gets the power. And um as a rabbi, I have very little to say about that. <laughs> I'm very uh, uh, kind of, I'm, I'm more interested in talking with the Israeli society, with my uh, Orthodox and conservative uh, counterparts, talking alaha, talking texts, talking uh, um, values and meaning, and uh, I'm less interested in the discussions of power. At the same time, Dalia, you mentioned that you perform, uh, your movement performs gay and lesbian marriages, but these marriages are not actually recognized by the state of Israel. Does Do you find this, uh, I don't know, a slap in the face or is this okay by you at this point? Well, I, just to, to second what uh, what you said and what Alona was saying a minute ago, that they don't recognize any of our, uh, any of the marriages that we officiate in. And that's a very troubling thing. And that goes to your question to Alona and, and to her answer to you. This is not a theological question. This is not halachic question. This is not uh, anything that has to do with tradition, observance. It has to do with strictly power. The fact that some, uh, that the Haredi uh, parties have more power than their share in this, in the society because of the coalition uh, games. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. And therefore, uh, Jews in Israel cannot decide how to get married, how to be buried. Everything that has to do with your personal status is determined by the Rabbanut um, Rashid, the chief rabbinate, which is not only orthodox; it is uh, it is uh, ultra orthodox, and and that's a very very difficult situation uh, for us. That Israel, in fact, is the only place on earth, or at least in democratic in the democratic world, where Jews cannot experience religious freedom. I mean, if we heard about a lot of things that happen here. Elsewhere, we would show, you know, it would be headlines in all the newspaper that this is, a, a, you know, sheer uh, anti-Semitism. And here we live it on a daily life. And it seems to me that people are getting used to it. And it's, you know, it's just, you know, part of life. I think what we're trying to do, and I think Alona was uh, saying it in, a, in her very gentle way. <laughs> and I'll second that, that we're not in the front of the political um a struggle. We're offering something that I think would be uh, interesting and valuable to a lot of Israelis and also non-Israelis, because we're working now on translating the Sidur to English, at least the Shabbat part of the Sidur in English, because I think it can be also uh, used as a model for non-Israeli people. Uh, they can take whatever they want from it. Uh, but But the political situation is, of course, very difficult and very painful. 
Okay, now one thing that most Jews agree upon around the world is celebrating the Passover Seder. And we have that coming up in a few days, very this week. And I wonder if either of you or if both of you could share just very brief gem of something that we can do to spice up our own personal Seders. Alona. I would say you can download uh, Reforma Gada from our website and enjoy many gems. But one of the gems that I personally like and introduce in my personal setter is uh, the text written by Rabbi Dalia Mars and our and other colleague, Rabbi Tamar Divani, about four daughters, four different daughters, which is a really beautiful text. I think it's not only invites us to uh, see a female perspective, gender perspective, gender balance perspective of that uh, tradition, but they have written a very beautiful and meaningful midrash for every daughter. And I really hope people go uh, and see uh, that wonderful bite midrash online. Dalia, you were scooped. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Alona, you didn't mention that we don't have a wicked daughter. We have an angry daughter, right? You never Uh, say to a child, you've been bad. You can say you did a bad thing. That's (laughs) what makes your your midrash is so uh, beautiful and meaningful that it uses a traditional midrash and gives it a new perspective, new direction. But using the language and using the tools of classical midrash. You say, Dalia. Yeah, thank you, Alana. I think uh, I think I'm thinking about this year in the light of last year that we experienced an unprecedented uh, situation where people could not really gather. Kulanu mesubim. All of us are gathered around the table because of the COVID situation, the the pandemic. Um, but I, I think a lot about it. I think uh, that times of constraints, times of, of limitations, times of crisis, times where you cannot really go by road and continue to do what you're used to do are often times that, cre- that brings great creativity. Uh, and a lot of really creative ideas came from, from last year. And I hope that some of them even will, will remain with us now that we can Thank God, celebrate together at least in 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 in, in this country, uh, and that that's something that I'm very happy about. I'm not talking about you know the Zoom polls and that uh, Padlets and all these kind of uh, gimmicks. I'm talking about the way how we can really be together if we're not physically in the same room. I think that can generate a lot of really interesting and and innovative ideas about what is a keila, how do we celebrate. How do we remember our past and looking toward the future uh, when things are different than what we're used to? So that's thank what so I'm much. taking with me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Rabbi, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Much food for thought. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amanda, for that opportunity. Thank you. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. Thank you so much for listening to Times Will Tell and a special thanks to TLV1 Studios for sound production help. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Times Will Tell on all podcast platforms. (laughs) 